Great show, isn't it? <laughs> well, there are many absent. I hope we can repeat that uh, uh, next or next week, maybe the week after. Maybe. We don't know. But anyway, good morning and happy Father's Day. We have so many uh, sick people. Let's continue praying for them. And uh, hopefully, I won't keep you uh, beyond 2 o'clock today. <laughs> it's 2 o'clock, okay? And uh, we'll have uh, you out as soon as we can. Um, this morning, I want to address the men and the fathers, too. And uh, I read a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I thought of sharing this verse with you and then applying it to our lives. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. The word of God tells us, let and Paul is addressing Timothy, his son, spiritual son, that is. He says, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, in conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Show yourself. Our problem today in our nation and all over the world is the lack of godly fathers. Do you agree with me? And the key to the harmony and direction is for fathers to become responsible for leading their family. A father is responsible first to God and to his family, second, to provide for their needs, to protect them in all types of situations, and to serve as a priest for his household, his family. Spiritual leadership, which is lacking today in our nation, is needed and if it's lacking in the home, it's lacking in our society, it's lacking in our nation, period. It doesn't have, we don't have to uh, uh, analyze it more than that. And the responsibility rests on fathers. So, fathers today, you might leave here not happy with me, but I hope you will be recharged and happy with the word of God and say, Lord, I want to apply what I heard this morning. The world today, as I said, is looking for men of God, for good fathers, to make deep impressions on their families, to influence them in the right direction, and to, learn, to teach them the word of God and 
so they can see God in all aspects of their lives. So I want to bring uh, today to your attention few characteristics of a man of God. What's needed, as I said? Godly man. Okay, let's go. One, we need men of integrity and character. I'm not saying that those who are in attendance today, they're not. No. But it's a reminder. It's a reminder for us. Men of integrity and character. Men who are uncompromising, who adhere to normal and ethical principles. Men who are honest and have a sound mind. Men who are faithfully dedicated to teaching, to the teaching of the Bible and applying it to their lives and to their families who have the joy in obeying God himself, to ta who take delight in honoring God in their families with dignity and fear of the Lord. Our society is un in dire need of such men. Don't you think we lack it in our society nowadays? Huh? Think why do we have the problems that we are having in our societies and thus in our nation and thus in those who govern over us too? It's because we are lacking men of God. We're lacking them. Men who know the meaning of love. Think of that. That is love to God first, to their wives, to their children, and then to their fellow human beings. Men who set examples, period. Such are the fathers. I believe with all my heart that our society need today. Theodore Hesburgh, one of a well-known well -known Christian writers once said, the most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. We need men who have this character today in our society, in our homes, in our lives, in our churches, in our communities. And you know, when you love your family, when you are godly, when you exercise godly precepts in your life, you exercise them outside the house, you exercise them in, at your workplace, you exercise them if you're working in the government, and then the nation changes because we have godly men in our midst. I read this story, which is somehow funny and also sad. Uh, humorous, but sad. It says, uh, they were burying a rather unpleasant character, for a lack of a better word here. I said unpleasant. 
who had never been near a place of worship in his life. The services were being conducted by a minister, listen to this, who had never heard of the man. Carried away by the occasion, the minister started praising the man, the departed man, and he puts him like he is a champion of humanity. After 10 minutes of describing the good character as a father, husband, boss, uh, his widow whose expression has grown uh, more and more puzzled, nudged her son and whispered, go up there and make sure it's Papa. How would you like people, when they talk, to talk about you? I said it's humorous, but sad. Sad. We hear about many fathers who treated, ill-treated their wives and children. And when they died, you heard that they are the greatest, the champion of fathers. May God help us to live it, to live, and then people can say a few things about us when we leave the scene. Bill MacDonald wrote that a godly father is a good citizen. As I said earlier, he is a good citizen because he is first and foremost a citizen of heaven. The Bible says to all the children of God, men and women, and children, he says, our citizenship, in other words, we belong, is in heaven. So you heavenly citizens, congratulations. You have a dual citizenship. You have a citizenship in heaven, and you, have a, you are citizens of this great country, the United States of America. But he says here, as a citizen of heaven, the godly man, he walks with integrity. Let these words speak to our hearts. He is a man of moral soundness. He is complete, well-rounded, and balanced. He does what is right. He is careful to maintain a conscience that is void of offense. He would rather go to heaven with a good conscience than stay on earth with a bad one. You can depend on him to tell the truth from his heart. He would rather die than lie. His word is his bond. His eyes, his yes, means yes, and his no means no. That's what the word of God says, actually. That's what God wants us to be. And this is why... Paul is telling Timothy here, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, show yourself as an example. Does it speak to us? Fathers, are we examples to our family and friends and everybody who comes in touch with us? Let's think of that. We are called to be the ultimate examples, not a 50-50. We are called to be the ultimate. 
the essence of an example, a good example, a godly and godly living. Whatever the diversion may come, we are sometimes diverted. Nothing should be placed above a total commitment to Christ and integrity in living for him, period. We should entrust him. Fathers, men, we should entrust him with our life. Our family, job, possessions. And he will tell him, Lord, have full control over me and guide me according to your will. General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, was asked the secret of his amazing Christian life. You know what he said? He answered, I told the Lord he could have all that there is in William Booth and leave the rest to him. Are we surrendered men? Let's speak to our hearts. We need men of courage, not only of dignity and dedication, men of courage. When I say courage, that brings to my mind many great men of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Who remembers Caleb, Joshua, Moses, Paul the Apostle, Peter, and all these great men that walked on this earth and lived for God and stood for God. I was looking at Caleb. Caleb was, he, he never complained being uh, number two, not number one. And so many people, especially in the workplace, they want to be number one, right? They don't want to be number two. And he never complained. He was always the supporter of Joshua, walked with him. He was a member of the 12 spies of the delegation, if you will please, that went and visited the Holy Land before they got into it, 45 year, 40 years earlier. And Caleb saw the land, and he saw giants, men and women, and saw how strong they were. And he came back with Joshua. He said, what do you think, men? They asked the ten men, what do you think? Oh, we can't. We can't go there and possess the land. Why? They were all scared stiff because we don't have the qualifications to fight them. They forgot that God told them, this is your land. I am going to send you there. But you know what Caleb said and Joshua? On the contrary, they stood against the spy. They had the courage. Two against ten. And they said, we are going to go up there and possess the land. Because he who is with us is greater than he who is against us. A man of God thinks big because his God is big. We don't have such a small God. He's the creator of the whole universe. If he thought, Caleb thought, he says, if God promised... That means we're going to get it. Who are you? And God proved it. He opened, he opened the ground and swallowed the ten men 
and all these people who were on their side and kept Caleb and Joshua. 45 years later, Caleb came to Joshua. Joshua became a, a, a leader, a big commander of the whole army, the army of over 2 million people, men and women and children. And he came to him and said, can I see you for a minute? With all respect, that's what a man of God is. With all respect, he says, may I have my portion of the land, Joshua? He said, yeah, of course, Caleb. What, which one? He said, I saw it 40 years, 45 years ago. I was 40 years old. Now I'm 85. I feel great. I feel that I'm still young. I want to go up and get it. He said, but you know who's living there? Those long-necked people, those very strong people. He said, I will go. I will go against them, and I will win it. He did, and he won it. Is that courage? Not courage by himself. Courage in Jesus Christ. Courage in God, his, God, his Savior. Courage in the almighty God who gave us this. Yes, we are thankful that we have a God who never knew the word, the meaning of defeat. Men, stand for God. Be courageous in the workplace. Be courageous at home. Stand for dignity. Stand for truth. Stand for love. Stand for God Almighty. Be, find yourself always on the side of Jesus Christ. Because he said, those who never, who are not ashamed of me here, I will not be ashamed of them up in heaven. Nor here. Courage. Courage is the main characteristic of a man of God. Dignity, commitment, and courage. And you know what else? Compassion. But before I, I say the word compassion, I uh, read about someone anonymous wrote this. He said, give me a hundred men who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I will shake the world. I care not whether they are clergymen or laymen. And such alone will overthrow the kingdom of Satan and build up the kingdom of God on earth. Give me godly men. The world, as I said, is searching for them. Anyway, it's not only godly men, men with integrity and character and men with courage, but men should have compassion. God is looking and the world is looking for men of compassion. To be strong, courageous, uncompromising is not enough to make an ideal man a father. No. God requires us men to be tender and compassionate. I always say, well, I want to be tough to my family. And I, 
<laughs> Dean knows that. I mean, tough. Give me a 20-gallon hat and about 10 inches shoes. I'll be like John Wayne, and I walk like him. I said, yeah. <laughs> it's not an outward appearance, you know. It's not an acting tough. <laughs> Far too often a man thinks he has to put a strong front so he can look tough and act tough. You know what? Let's be tough in the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, the opposite is true. It's not that outward toughness or outward appearance. It is the inner strength of character. Compassionate. It's to be kind and unselfish. To be kind at home and unselfish. It's to feel with people and especially to be tender and respectful to others. It's feeling and thoughtful with others. It's when you stand before the bed of someone who's sick and really feel with them and say, I can't wait to get out of here. Or I know I don't want to get what they're getting. It's to put yourself in their place and in their family's place and feel with compassion. Is to be unselfish. Men, men, your wives come first. Your children come first. Their well-being come first. Fathers, why do we work? Work hard to provide for your family and support your family. And while working hard, and wherever, whatever you see, whatever you look at, remember, the best family you have is at your own home. The most beautiful woman you see at the workplace or anywhere you go, the most beautiful woman is waiting for you to come home. Remember that. And be unselfish and give them your best and think of yourself last. And there is nothing that hurts the wife and the children like selfishness. Thinking of yourself and forgetting about what they need and how I can give it to them. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our example. He was, won't you say, he was the manliest person who ever lived? Yes or no? Yet he also know, he also knew how to enter into the sorrows of others and share their griefs, wasn't he? He's God. He even cried at Lazarus' tomb. He cried. Well, men don't cry. Forget about that, would you? I think men have emotions. And let your emotions show. There is nothing wrong with that. I cry. Is that a surprise to you? I cry sometimes when I preach. Open your hearts. Open your emotions. Enough of Mr. Wayne. Not Wayne, Irene, please. 
John Wayne. Okay. <laughs> Enough of this toughness. Enough. Edward Young once said, shun the proud. That is a shame to weep. And another person, I don't know his name, wrote, next to love, sympathy is the divinest passion of the human heart. And I say, a father will not be complete until he possesses the compassion found in the heart of Jesus Christ. Men of dignity and integrity, men of courage, men of compassion. And final, five minutes will be done. We need men who lead their families. We need men who are leaders in their home. Christians in our land have become discouraged because they have looked to leaders and have been disappointed in general. How many times you put your heart on a leader and say, well, I never thought I'll hear that from him or from her. You are disappointed. And we are disappointed because we're looking at man. Man without God. And I hope man with God will never disappoint us. Instead of integrity, we have seen dishonesty. What we need today is men with character like Caleb will not water or down or bend. He will not be swayed by the desires for gain or for glory. In our homes, we need fathers who have convictions concerning the great issues of life and who are willing to live these virtues daily. And their motto should be, for me to live is Christ. These are the men we are made of. And if you think I'm too hard on you and say, I'm, how am I going to face my wife? Don't think this way. There is still time to be the man of God in your home. A, an eighth grader, I believe, was asked to describe the father he likes to have. And this is what he wrote. If I went shopping for a man to be my dad, here is what I'd buy. One who would always stop to answer a little boy's why. One who would always speak kindly to a little girl or a boy. One who will be a child again to play with his little children or grandchildren. Who would give a bit of sunshine and joy around them. I would pick a dad who followed the Bible's golden rule and who, won, who went regularly and attended church. I would buy the very finest dad to place in our family tree, and then I'd try to live like him so he would be proud of me. When our homes have 
This kind of husbands and fathers, families will grow and make a change in the basic fabric of our society. We are in need of godly fathers. Don't you think so? Fathers, let us be godly fathers. If God is, spoke to us today, let's do it. America is standing at, at the crossroad today. This is a day in our history. Look around us. Look around us. There are shortages of godly father. And we are to step up a little bit. Our very survival as a church, as a community, as a society, as a nation, if I may say, depend on the presence or absence of masculine leadership in millions of homes. Leadership in the form of loving authority. Leadership in the form of spiritual training. Leadership in the form of establishing integrity and giving godly guidance. Leadership in maintaining sincerity in marriage relationships. Men, are we ready to take the challenge? The call for, is for every man, every father, every man to get near to the heart of God and listen to his call. Obey his authority. Start leading our families according to God's way, not according to our way. And may his will be done and bring glory to his name. Are we up to the task? This is the challenge. May the Lord bless his word. May the Lord bless your homes. May the Lord bless every family and have a happy Father's Day. Amen. Let's respect. Let's bow our heads for prayers. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for everything that we find in this word. We find in your book a blueprint for life and help us to follow that. As fathers, we need to be true leaders Leaders according to your will and according to your book. And help us to love our wives and our children and sacrifice ourselves to them. Be unselfish. Be courageous to stand for you. Be men of character and dignity and integrity. And live a life worthy of our calling. Help us, Lord, to represent you the way we need to and we should do, we must do, help us to be a blessing. Simply make us a blessing. Bless this congregation. And we pray for those who couldn't make it today. There are so many at home. We pray that you visit with them, heal them, bring them back to us safely. Bless this family of God in this neighborhood. And may your Blessings be upon each and every one. Bless this Father's Day and the lives of so many today. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. Thanks for coming. May God bless you. Enjoy the day and enjoy the Father's Day. Amen.